Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence, one stripe at a time. Well, hey everybody, Wes McDonald here, and I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Tiger Paw Radio. And listen, if you can actually see us, that means you're watching us on TigerTube, so thank you very much. Before we go any further, hit that subscribe button. We produce a ton of learning and educational content to help you run a better business so you can sleep better at night. It's all free of charge. None of it's behind a paywall. So make sure you hit that subscribe and get learning today. And hey, listen, uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Kelly. And because nobody knows you better than yourself, maybe you can introduce yourself for our channel. Absolutely. And thanks for having me. I am Kelly Stone. I am a marketing professional, an independent marketing professional. And I've been in the channel for probably about a decade now. My experience is primarily in digital and social marketing and emerging technologies. And I also speak pretty regularly out there in the world. I speak about social media, marketing trends, and leadership tactics for women. So I'm really excited to be here. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, you and I are both actually part of an emerging technology group, the AI Explorers. And I really enjoy that because so much is changing right now. And certainly in your career, um, one of the big changes that came along was social marketing, right? Um, I'm old enough to remember a day when that wasn't even a thing and it's become so powerful, right? Um, but like you said, in those 10 years that you've been in marketing, um, can you talk a little bit about uh, the early days of of social marketing and maybe you can talk about why you know you were so excited to help lead that change. Yeah, absolutely. A million years ago, I was in grad school and somebody had mentioned to me that you should Google yourself and figure out what people are saying about you because I got a degree in journalism, newspaper journalism to be exact. And they told me anybody's going to Google you before they hire you and they're going to see what your previous bylines were and what you've been up to. I Googled myself and I was horrified because I shared a maiden name with somebody that I didn't want to be associated with. And I panicked. I was like, what am I going to do? People are going to think that I'm this other person and it's going to hurt my reputation. And this guy that I went to grad school with is like, relax, it's easy. You just need to put out more content than she does. And then your stuff will rank higher and people will forget this other person exists. So I did not realize at the time that was search engine optimization. And <laughs> the next natural step was, well, I don't have a job yet. I'm still in grad school. I'm writing for these student newspapers and these different publications that pay me $50 an article. What do I do? Well, the answer is start a blog and publish every day. And all of a sudden, you're going to have an entire library of content that ranks this person. So I started a blog simply to do that and get my byline out in front of this. And from there, social marketing and how do you get people to blog and how do you get other people to read and how do you get brands to find you um and then i got involved in influencer marketing as a result of that so when i went to get my first job and they did in fact google me and found my blog and thought it was charming what i found out after that is through many rounds of layoffs and newspapers i was able to keep myself on the right side of things by being the person that brought the most traffic to the website from twitter so I got really good at manipulating those algorithms and getting more traffic than others. And this was when it was the Wild West and 
nobody was particularly an expert at it. Everybody was experimenting with it and experiential marketing. And from there, I got far more regimented about it. We have access to more information than any other generation. So I went on YouTube and I learned how to do it. And I tried. My first job was I did social media for my gym in exchange (laughs) for a free membership. (laughs) And I learned a lot and I learned really quickly. And then I started doing that as a profession and it's evolved from there. And here we are today. Yeah, I love it. You know, and, and social, you know, for me is a big deal as well. Uh, my wife is a retailer. And so I do manage her uh, Instagram and Facebook accounts as well. And it's become so pivotal uh, even for retail in those channels. And what I find also curious though, is how different uh, different channels are for which social platforms they lean on, right? So in the office equipment channel, for example, a uh, huge use of LinkedIn and very little use of Twitter, right? And then for managed IT providers that I'm trying to work with, the groups that they associate with are typically on Facebook, right? So it's it's all of these different you know channels that are uh, available to us. Twitter is one that I've never quite nailed down. So you and I will have to have a talk about that um, at some point. Um, you know, I wonder that's sort of the early days and, you know, where you built your experts, your expertise, but in your view, um, how is marketing changing in 2023? Because nothing sits still, right? So what are your thoughts on, you know, uh, SEO, as you mentioned earlier, uh, social, or, or even how maybe AI could have an impact there? I find marketing fascinating and there's a lot of overlap with IT and tech because you must be continuously humble because you are always learning. Uh, there will always be something new, something different, something emerging. And clearly, we couldn't have this conversation if we weren't talking about AI. And, you know, people are going to call it an emerging emerging technology, a disruptive technology. I will argue it's already here. It's already disrupting every industry. And if you are an employer and you think that AI is far off and it's not something that affects me, you're wrong because I'm, I can guarantee your employees are using AI right now. So what I like to think about when I think about AI is what sort of busy work can we offload to the AI and make it easier? Um, a member of your AI explorers group even said, and I love this, that the greatest power of AI is that we never need to sit in front of a blank page again. Is that the a writer's block, point? it's amazing. And I love it because I would argue that AI's greatest hour is at the beginning and at the end of a project. So keyword research, topic research, trends, um, you know, outlines even. Then you go in as the human with the intellect, with the experience, with the writing style, you make the story your own. And then you ask the AI to proofread it, to optimize, to add more keywords. And I think that right now that's the best way to use AI. Um, but of course, it's going to change in two weeks. And we'll talk about this again. Yeah. And and I know for me as a writer, right, I can speak to that. So when I'm writing blogs for, you know, Tiger Paw, <clears throat> one of the things and I can tell you that our marketing manager will tell you is I'm not very good at uh, keywords. <laughs> I, I write from the hip. So I consider myself a fairly good writer, but definitely um, I'm not as conscious of some of the things I should be doing and the mechanics of, you know, making sure that it has better visibility. And thank you, AI. So once I've written my original content, to be able to ask it for help to say, hey, look, can you go through this and target relevant keywords for this particular channel that I'm writing for? And it blows me away, right? So it's it's still my content. I wrote it. Um, but now it's been optimized to make sure that the ranking is higher, right? And 
And I was reading one article uh, where somebody had said when they actually measured it, uh, one of their articles that they, that they wrote themselves and did their best uh, to you know make sure that it was keyword optimized for you know SEO reach, um, and then ran it through um, ChatGPT and said, "Can you please optimize this further?" It ranked from 46 all the way up to 14 in the search results once that was finished. Right. So, yeah, I'm with you, and and we don't even, you know really understand exactly how far that's going to go. Right. <clears throat> One of the you know things about search engine optimization that's always tricky is that it it is uh, constantly evolving. You mentioned content, right? That it's so important to be producing that content, you know, to get yourself um, you know sort of ahead in the search. And I think that's brilliant. How instead of changing your name, which would have been terrible, um, that you simply put yourself on a mission to outperform. <laughs> that's, right, that's, it works, and I'm here today. Uh, yeah, and we can talk about that other individual over beverages sometime. <laughs> it's a great story, and I think oh. that it's it's something to keep in mind. SEO used to be very much based on keywords and the sort of block and tackle of your keywords and the headlines and the subheads. And did you use all of the right signposting? Now the SEO algorithm is being influenced by AI and intent. So you have to be far more diligent in making sure, does your content fit the needs of the consumer? Does your content fill those challenging points that your audience is looking for? And I think when you talked about how social media, how all of the different audiences have various sites that they like to be at, it's all about that consumer and that audience intent and finding the right place and the right answers. Yeah. And and that's one of the things that I constantly try and you know make sure I'm paying attention to when I am producing content is that audience, right? And it it took me a lot of years to really um, start focusing that way because I think as a writer, especially a creative initially, you're kind of writing about a topic that interests you, but you're kind of writing for yourself and that you have to realize that, hold on a minute, no, no, this audience that I'm writing for, I've really got to be you know paying attention to them, right? And one of the other things that you just mentioned about keywords and how that's changing where this intent and content is so important now I can remember because obviously we're going to be posting this, you know, video on YouTube as well as, you know, through a traditional uh, podcast formats, right? The day when I went in there to start uh, putting in keywords uh, to be able to improve search ranking and YouTube actually had a tip, which they put in there and said, Hey, you don't need to do this. Like we got you, like, we'll, we'll do it unless there's a spelling mistake or some other, you know, if you want to put in some words that are uh, slightly similar or whatever, otherwise don't bother. And I was shocked because what it told me was that they're they're using an algorithm now to go through, right? To actually, you know, pull all that stuff out. So just fascinating how, like you said, we're always students as this technology continues to change. You know, we never, you know, fully know it, right? Um, I want to move along and, and talk about leadership. And one of the things that I've had the opportunity to see you speak and to see you lead sessions. And as a strong female leader in the technology sector, just a strong leader, period. Um, what has been your experience in the technology sector? I've really enjoyed working in technology because it is always changing. It's clear to me that we need more people in technology, period, full stop. More of those people should be women. More of those people should be underserved minorities. And there's room enough for all of us at this point in time. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those topics that you know, hopefully will one day just not be a topic, right? So I'm really excited about that day when the stats marry up with, you know, the way it should be. And I'm not sure why in technology in particular, but it does lag behind a lot of other um, industries as far as equity is concerned, right? So here's to hoping we can uh, make some impact on that in the future. 
And, yeah, and speaking I mean, of leadership, what advice maybe would you have for those that are looking to get into the technology space? You know, I think we're getting closer to equity. There's this idea that Dana Scully on X-Files uh, increased the number of women in technology exponentially in my generation. I think that's going to continue to happen with us demystifying these careers and making them look more engaging, interactive, and social. So shows like Mr. Robot, while he may be a, a tortured character, show how these careers could actually look in real time. So I think that those things are helping us. When I think about advice that I would give to my younger self or other women in technology, it would be to, there's this idea right now that's really big on TikTok of romanticizing your life. And I love it because I think it's important to think about yourself as the main character of your own story. Uh, and to that, I mean, figure out how to promote yourself in a way that feels authentic and not cheesy. Figure out how to ask for the things that you want to do and have a plan for what you want to do and understand that you are the person that is in charge of that point. And the other thing to think about in this main character syndrome is don't get rid of the things that make you you. So don't stop pursuing hobbies. Don't sacrifice everything for this career. Make sure that you're still your full person because at some point you're going to have to retire to something. So you want to keep all of those relationships going. Yeah, I think so. And that's that's one thing certainly I, I've always said is I've never been very good at corporate ladders that if I'm passionate about what I do and what I love to do, then I'll do it very well, right? And that has served me well. And I think being a student, a lifelong student has always served me well, you know, in this technology space because of all the changes that are happening, right? And I was actually involved in a conversation the other day. I don't usually do these, but there was a bit of ageism involved. And there were some comments about the fact that it was probably the older generation that were more you know, reticent to tackle some of these newer technologies. And I said, couldn't be further from the truth. I still love new technology, right? When something comes out like generative AI or when there's changes in uh, security and alarm market uh, as it relates to computer vision, right? Those things, I just love those. So I think, you know, being a student is, uh, if I was to give a piece of advice, that's another, you know, piece to throw out there, right? I think that's solid advice. Leading into your curiosity will get you ahead. You know, my journey in social media was just trying to understand how this is going to change how businesses do business and figuring out what does advertising look like when it was still very new and very strange. I can remember thinking in 2012, I wonder if I could get like a cat elected to village <laughs> council based on ads. And this was, of course, before we realized that you could throw elections with social media. So right. all of these things are just because I thought that sounds interesting. How could I use this? Generative AI is going to be the same exact thing. You could become an expert today if you started now and you're at the forefront of it. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I really like what you said about being the main character of your own adventure, right? And I think that a career is an adventure and that people as a whole, um, when you see yourself as the main character, I think it really can have an impact on how you tell your own story, right? Which I absolutely love. I've I've taken a note of that. So I'm going to try and become my own main character more often. <laughs> and listen, I wonder if there's any advice that you can give um, to prepare for the next phase of marketing, which is coming. Or you know that things are going to change. I think we've touched a little bit on the you know the AI side of their other things to add. You know, if if you were to say, look, if you're getting into marketing in 2023 and beyond, here's some things you need to think about and plan for. 
definitely generative AI, definitely social media. But I think more than anything, be okay with experimentation and be okay with small scale pilot projects. Not everything will work for every business model. My advice to anybody who's getting into marketing or you're starting a business and trying to market it is to pick one site, one thing, do it really, really well. So if LinkedIn is your bread and butter, master LinkedIn top to bottom, take some classes on LinkedIn about LinkedIn, look at YouTube, figure out how to do it and do it really well before you decide that you want to do LinkedIn, TikTok, Signal, like 50 different things that are out there. Um, concentrate your efforts before you try to diversify. Yeah, I think that's really important. And, you know, studies, uh, I won't list any here today, but have proven time and time again, that is as good as we think we are at multitasking and, and juggling, we're, we're really not, right? And, you know, I remember in the early days uh, when I started my sales career, uh, back when I was doing direct sales, I had a manager who said, you know, when I was struggling with, uh, you know, trying to keep uh, things afloat, he said, look, just throw all the balls up in the air and, and, and catch the ones that you can, right? And all I remember thinking at that time was, well, what if I really just focused on the one ball? <laughs> like, how how good would I be, right? But of course, at that time, that wasn't the, you know, the thing in the cowboy days of uh, the early internet. Um, but I've learned through my career as well that the more that I do focus on expertise in something, what do they say? Is it 10,000 hours to become really expert yeah. at something? And once mm -hmm. you're comfortable, then being able to move into, you know, whatever that next thing is, right? Definitely. And there will always be a next thing. So I think the focus, while it is counterintuitive, can make sure that you're doing things in a way that you can actually prove the ROI. Love it. And I cannot thank you enough for joining us today and for helping our viewers to have a better understanding of what's coming, uh, that this marketing thing continues to change. Uh, you've always clearly had a love for it and expertise for it. I've appreciated the work uh, that I've seen you do through my career um, as we've worked in the same channel. And uh, I'll make sure I put your LinkedIn page up there as well for anyone else that needs some other help uh, so they can reach out to you directly. So thank you so much for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And hey, everyone, do not forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. We produce a lot of educational content just for you to help you run a better business so you can sleep better at night. And until next time, keep learning. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more great learning content to help you grow your business, please be sure to visit www.tigerpaw.com and click on the resources tab. You can also subscribe through your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong.